we've learned anything from these past couple of years, my fellow Americans, is that personal medical freedom and liberty are in crisis. America Out Loud Pulse brings together the top experts in healthcare-related fields to keep you a beat ahead. Well, welcome to the show, America Out Loud Pulse. This is Dr. Peter Bregan. I'm a psychiatrist. This is the first time I've been doing this show again uh, in many weeks because I've been in recovery from what um, the extra the radiologists and a number of the specialists are saying look like a real typical of old time COVID-19 ground glass pneumonia. I am doing well. I was hospitalized for five days, came out April 11th, and I've been making a speedy recovery. It's been all improvement, and it takes a while. My voice is not what it was, maybe in part from uh, inhaling the uh, budesimide um, that I do once or twice a day which is uh, to help uh, with the recovery of the lungs. So this show is five days a week. Um, uh, Ginger and I have Thursdays. I'm doing it by myself today with wonderful Alex Newman. We've been readjusting our times some, and Ginger has asked me to do most of the work on this show, at least for the time being. There's just so much going on around here. Alex Newman is uh, the show I says five days a week. We have Thursdays at 5 p.m. Thursdays at 5. And um, Alex is uh, just a perfect person for me to get back in business with. Are you there? I am. Thank you so much for having me, Peter. It's great to be here. Oh, it's just it's so good to have you here. I invited Alex to come on the show and to do so um, as a... Uh, what I feel is one of the world's experts on globalism. Alex is a journalist. He has his own show, and I'll give him the opportunity to tell you about that and how to get in touch with you. But I want today, and maybe in a follow-up show, to talk about the essence of globalism and how it is strangling us, all of us as individuals, whether you know it or not, even if you think it's a conspiracy theory, which it is not, Um it's something I demonstrated with Ginger in some enormous detail in our book, COVID-19 and the Global Predators, We Are the Prey. There's no doubt about the existence of the global predators, um, whether you call them the Great Reset or the New World Order or the New World Governance. It's talked about. There are books about it. It's not a conspiracy theory. It's a phenomena of uh, imperialism. And uh, we all know there have been empires since time began. Well, maybe we don't all know, but there have been empires since uh, civilization began. And if we didn't have empires right now, it would be the first time since really the maybe 4000 BC. And of course, we have the uh, great Chinese empire still going on, the communist empire. We have the Russians wishing they could build up there, rebuild their empire some. We've got an empire of America, which is a part of globalism itself. One of the shocking realizations that maybe Alex Newman and I could talk about. 
So welcome to The Pulse, um, Alex. I'm just so glad to have you here. I'm so glad to be here, Peter. Thank you. I'm, I'm so glad you are recovering and almost recovered. It's great to have you back. Your work and your voice is so important. And I'm so glad we have the opportunity today to talk about globalism, which I, I think is one of the most important subjects we could be talking about. It's uh, it's critical for people to understand this, because if we don't get a handle on this, these maniacs will set up a one world totalitarian system. And that means an end to individual liberty. That means an end to prosperity. That means an end to basically everything that we hold dear. And that, of course, is unacceptable. It should be unacceptable to everyone, regardless of where you stand on the political spectrum. And I think step one in stopping this evil is exposing it. You know, as, as doctors know, the first step in stopping the progress of some disease or some illness is to properly diagnose the problem. And uh, what we need to do here is diagnose the problem with globalism so that then we can work on coming up with a cure, coming up with a treatment plan to avoid really losing civilization and and the benefits that individual liberty have provided to all of humanity. Well, I think that's really right on target. Um, as we were discussing briefly in the beginning before we went on the air, the World Health Organization uh, was very, very pivotal in imposing the COVID-19 policies and practices on the world. Our um, government, um, our uh, CDC, our FDA, they uh, fell in line with uh, uh, NIAID and the Fauci and the NIH. They all fell in line pretty much with what they were ordered to do through the World Health Organization, WHO. I think that's a pretty fair assessment. But WHO in itself is, I mean, the guy who runs, it's uh, practically a joker. He's a communist thug. But he was put into power by a combination of uh, the Chinese communists and Bill Gates. Bill Gates from the Western part of the uh, this newly being built empire, the Western empire. Gates, uh, very strong influence there. And uh, when Trump uh, finally uh, caught on pretty early that the WHO was not on our side and he withdrew from the WHO and stopped supporting them, Gates just upped his private contributions to the WHO and it became very, very clear that the tune was being called by the Chinese communists, but also by Bill Gates and uh, that means also by the World Economic Forum and the European Union and so on. Does that sound like a fair description? I and mean, Put some balance into it, if you wish. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I'm glad you mentioned the head of the World Health Organization, Dr. Tedros Cabrasis. You know, when when we call him a communist, we're not just using hyperbole or, or no. <laughs> throwing out epithets, right? What we're dealing with here is an actual communist with a long track record of leadership within the communist movement. This is a man who served on the Politburo, the, the Central Committee of the mass murdering Tigray People's Liberation Front. Uh, this was an ethno-Marxist communist terrorist group, uh, so designated, by the way, by multiple governments. And um, I, I call it a, an ethno-Marxist terrorist organization because unlike a lot of Marxist organizations that claim to be you know, non-racist or anti-racist or beyond race, uh, they actually had uh, this idea that they needed to get rid of the Amhara people, uh, one of the people groups that live within what's called today Ethiopia. And uh, so this is the background of Dr. Tedros. He actually served as the right hand man for a brutal mass murdering communist dictator who, who lorded over Ethiopia. And then he was installed into power uh, through backroom 
maneuvers, I guess, if you will, uh, from the Communist Party of China. Um, and some of these maneuvers included bribery and blackmail. You know, the way the CCP operates on the international stage is not like normal governments. Right. Uh, and in reports of this came out. In fact, uh, multiple diplomatic sources went uh, to the press with some of what was happening. And they talked about how the CCP was behaving to try to get this minion of theirs into power. And of course, Bill Gates was also instrumental. Uh, the U.S. government, of course, withdrew from the World Health Organization, which gave uh, Bill Gates and the CCP basically full control of the organization. But uh, Bill Gates and the big pharmaceutical companies and the communists all worked together to bring this front man to power, Dr. Tedros Ghebreyesus, who uh, ultimately caused catastrophic damage to the planet, to humanity, to the United States of America in particular, uh, through these crazy policies that were pursued under the guise of COVID. And, uh, you know, anybody who thinks that these were well-intentioned but stupid policies is not paying attention, right? Uh, communists are many things, but one thing they are not is stupid. Uh, unfortunately, they are brilliant, uh, diabolically brilliant. And so all of this was calculated to do exactly what it did, uh, decimate the U.S. economy, crush small businesses in the United States, force people to take these deadly injections, uh, lay down the architecture, the infrastructure, for future tyranny, which we're now watching materialize with the global vaccine health IDs and passport systems that they've just announced with the European Union. So none of this is an accident. None of this is a result of stupidity. This was all carefully planned out and calculated to do exactly what it is doing. That's absolutely true. And one of the phenomena that has been so hard for me to come to grips with is that um, on the international level, what we have thought of as capitalism and the free enterprise uh, um, movement, um, in contrast to the communist movement, the these large free enterprise, supposedly capitalist organizations and individuals, they all move toward authoritarianism, lockstep. They all find that working with China is much more remunerative than trying to get through, say, the greater regulations in the Western nations. They do not think that uh, that uh, democracy is the most efficient or effective method of making a living. They definitely favor authoritarianism. And this is just quite shocking, but really is totally consistent with what we know about human nature. And Lord Acton uh, said, you know, that uh, power corrupts and you know, ultimate power, I guess he said something like that, corrupts ultimately. But he went beyond that and said, um, you know, it's pretty hard or impossible to find a powerful man who's a good man. And so there's this corruption that takes place as people gain power. And there's probably, well, we found much more sympathy among our top billionaires for dealing with the Chinese communists than dealing with uh, the American a, a system of checks and balances and uh, the people having a certain amount of say in the Congress and the president and the Supreme Court and so on. And um, that's where this Western and Eastern Empire combination, one-two punch, comes in. And it really has uh, had a big impact around the World Health Organization. Um, there, there are two things I could briefly mention. And, uh, and then... Um, I want to uh, about the World Health Organization, and maybe that's what we're going to be talking a lot about today. 
And one of, one of those is that they have developed now a program of treaties they're trying to make. And if they start to make these treaties, I'm not aware of any yet being in total uh, functioning yet, uh, or, uh, but the U.S. favors it, Biden administration favors it, all the nations in the world that signed the treaty and eventually all the nations of the world will be forced into the position whether they like it or not, um, they will be giving up sovereign power on uh, Tedros's mere subs- uh, uh, you know, suspicion that a given country has a uh, problem that's of world concern. It's a very loose definition, and uh, it's in the hands of this violent dictatorial individual, um, and it's backed up by you know the powers of the world because they can make so much money when they get these emergencies declared just on the vaccinations, not to mention many other medical and health things that come to bear. Um, And then there's the, uh, simultaneously, they're working on amending the regulations and the U.S. has put in recommendations to give up individual sovereignty to enforce that on the nations through this, through the, uh, these legal, on a, on a international law basis, these regulations to change them to affect the same uh, surrender of sovereignty to the who, if the who says there's an emergency going on. And now we have this whole new thing. Have you been following this, Alex? It's just uh, gotten started, but it's this digital health certificates. That's their strategy at the who. And that they're modeling it on their close ally. The EU is very, very globalist, the European Union. Um, and they want to they want to start to doing what we've been most afraid of, which is, uh, you know, having forcing every human being on Earth to sort of walk around with their papers. But probably it's going to be an implant. What what have you heard about this? Yeah, it's something that I've been following very closely, Peter. Uh, they actually put out a press release about this and announced yep. it publicly. And, um, you know, I've been following this for for over a decade. Uh, A lot of people think that this is all new. It's a response to COVID and nothing could be further from the truth. Uh, Over a decade ago, the U.N. in partnership with the Rockefellers, with the Ford Foundation, with the U.S. State Department, with uh, the Gates of Hell Foundation, uh, I'm talking about the Bill Gates Foundation, uh, Bill and Melinda Gates, I guess it is, the credit card companies, uh, they, they came together and formed what they called the Better Than Cash Alliance. Actually, the secretariat was based at the U.N. Capital Development Fund. Uh, and they said, again, well over a decade ago, this was in 2012, that we needed to move toward a world without cash. And in parallel with that, they introduced something called ID2020. Uh, this also yeah. was first launched about Alex, a decade ago. let us take a break now. Um, we've reached our break time and we'll be back very shortly. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. The Wellness Company's chief medical board designed every supplement and medical protocol with your health in mind. From groundbreaking supplements like the Spike Support Formula to unique care like freedom from Big Pharma. Join a healthcare system that puts your health and well being above the interest of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be with a company that shares your values. Go to OutloudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. 
Whether you're an independent, a Democrat, or a Republican, one thing remains true. Airborne viruses love us equally. You've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the advanced nasal solution Cofix RX. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. Did you know that doctors and nurses have been swabbing their noses with povidone iodine to protect from airborne threats like colds, flus, and pandemic era strains for decades? Cofix RX took that idea and made a more complete nasal formula with lasting cleansing effects. Maybe you're traveling soon or going to an event. Are you concerned somebody nearby might be sick? Maybe the office or classroom stresses you out. Get yourself a bottle of Cofix RX nasal solution. Spray goodbye to colds and flus with a Cofix RX nasal solution cleanse. That's cofixrx.com. Save 20% by using promo code OUTLOUD at cofixrx.com. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, and sleep deep. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code out loud. Welcome back to America Out Loud. I'm this is Peter Bregan. America Out Loud Pulse on Thursday at 5 p.m. Uh, for this series, which continues all week long with really marvelous doctors. But right now our focus is on Alex Newman, one of the best informed people on liberty issues in the world today. And I have very abruptly cut in and you very accommodatedly stopped Alex please pick up where you were well thank you Peter I appreciate it and so this agenda has been out there for a long time they launched this ID 2020 in parallel with the better than cash alliance and and basically said that we had to move toward uh, global biometric digital IDs for every human being on the planet uh, and they claimed this was, you know, going to help solve poverty and it was going to do all these supposedly great things. But what they're doing actually is creating the control grid for basically turning the planet into an open air prison camp uh, where your movements will be totally controlled, your access to commerce, to society, to healthcare, all of it will be controlled. And they're using the the Chinese people right now, victims of this mass murdering communist dictatorship, to pilot this so-called social credit score system, which will be a, an integral part of this machine that they're building if they are allowed to continue. And so the way the system works in China, um, and I, I wrote about this starting in 2015 when it was first rolled out, is the regime is vacuuming up all kinds of data on every single slave in China. Uh, they're, you know, what do you say on social media? Who are your friends? Do you pay your mortgage on time? Do you get speeding tickets? Have you jaywalked? Do you keep your cell phone charged is one of the things that's going into that. All your school records, right? So all of this is going in there and they're coming up with a score. If you're a good, obedient slave who doesn't ask questions and does what you're told by your communist overlords, you get a good score. That means you can put your kids into a good school. You can travel. You can get a passport. You might even be able to go study in the United States if you promise to steal all of our uh, technological secrets at a university or at some sensitive of a defense contractor, right? Uh, and so those people get a lot of privilege. They they are welcomed into the Communist Party, et cetera. Those who get a low social credit score, well, 
they're not able to enroll their kids in good schools. They're not able to travel. They're not able to get on trains. They're not able to get decent jobs. Uh, and if your score drops low enough, you might even find yourself in a concentration camp. And if it gets really low enough, they might even harvest your organs from you. So this is the system they envision implementing at the global level, but it requires, first of all, global IDs. And so a lot of people are thinking, well, you know, this is just about the COVID. This is just about the vaccines. As long as I've had my 37 COVID boosters, then I should have no problem. You're missing the point. It's not just about forcing you to take infinite COVID boosters and whatever other vaccines they add to the system later. This is about documenting everything about you in a central repository so that every element of your life can be controlled by government, including your movement, your travel, your consumption, your views, everything. And uh, we have to be aware this this uh, this ends in disaster if we don't stop it. And what we're seeing here with this partnership between the EU and the World Health Organization, we're only seeing the tip of the iceberg. What's underneath the waves is far more significant than what we see above the water. I think this is so important um, that the social credit score is a Chinese communist creation i maybe somebody thought of it before they did but it's it's really originating out of communist china and now we see the eu wants to join the world health organization in moving in this direction for all the world the world bank i'm sure is in on it because they as a part of the un are very uh, much uh, a power behind the uh, world health organization now, I don't know much about this, Alex, but I've heard that the organizations in America have been moving in this direction of the social credit scores. Some companies are developing them. Do you know anything about that? Oh, there's no question about it. Now, in, in communist China, the regime operates the system. In the United States, you have more of a fascist model where uh, Google and Facebook and YouTube and Instagram and uh, the federal government and the credit reporting agencies, all of them are compiling all this information on you. And there's already been legislation proposed to have the government take over a lot of this. But uh, what people need to realize is that the big tech companies are basically extensions of the deep state, the same deep state that controls the U.S. government. And this is very easy to document. If you look at, for example, Google, uh, Google was originally stood up with DARPA money. If you look at Facebook, a lot of the investment came from uh, senior people at InQtel, which is the investment arm of the U.S. intelligence community. Uh, so it, the the line I didn't separating, know that. I didn't know oh, either it, of those. It, it's, it's ubiquitous. And this is true with almost all the big tech companies. Uh, you know, and, and now we know now we've got the documents showing that the White House was coordinating with Facebook, coordinating with Google to silence people who were asking questions about the vaccines, to silence people who were uh, casting doubts on the legitimacy of the election or so-called election that we had in 2020. Uh, and so it's basically one giant monster with multiple tentacles. And they are, as we speak, compiling all this data on people. And the social credit score system that they envision will eventually be global. And so what's taking place now at the national level, through the companies, through the governments, uh, they fully intend to make that a global system. And we're seeing some of that right now at the corporate level is above the water, You know, speaking with the, the iceberg metaphor. Uh, what we're watching with this ESG thing, these are basically social credit scores for companies. And the purpose for the companies is exactly the same as what the purpose will eventually be for individuals. And that is behavior modification and enforced compliance without necessarily having to use brute force. So in China, every slave knows that uh, if you don't behave yourself, if you ask questions, 
you're going to be getting a lower social credit score and that's going to have giant repercussions for your life. Well, the same thing is now in corporate boardrooms all across America. They now know that if you don't join the, the woke parade, if you don't give money to Al Gore for carbon credits, if you don't promote transgenderism in all your commercials, you're going to get a lower ESG score. That means you're going to be deprived of access to credit and capital investment from massive operations like BlackRock with $10 trillion under management. And so what happens? Even these corporate boards that know their customers don't want uh, transgenderism shoved down the throats of their children in the advertisements, they're doing it anyway. Why? Because they need to keep up their ESG score so that they can continue getting investment so that BlackRock doesn't exercise its votes through your money, really, on, on as a shareholder to oust uh, conservative directors from the board of directors. So uh, what we're seeing right now at the corporate level is working its way down to the individual level. It will get significantly worse if we don't stop it. And, and one of the critical things to making all this happen, Peter, and, and people I think are not understanding the link between the two, is the shift away from cash. And so while the World Health Organization is piloting these digital IDs, multiple state governments in the United States are working now on pilot programs for digital IDs, uh, liberal states and conservative states, Utah, Mississippi, Maryland, or some of the ones that are piloting this, Georgia has got something on this now. Uh, while they're working on these digital IDs in tandem, the Bank for International Settlements, the central banks of the world, the Biden administration, governments around the world are working on transitioning us away from cash and into what they're calling central bank digital currencies. Now, they're not going to ban cash overnight. right? They'll introduce central bank digital currencies in parallel with cash for a time. And as uh, the systems imperfections get worked out, as the bugs get ironed out, They'll gradually start saying, well, you know, cash is for terrorists, cash is for tax evaders, cash is for drug dealers. Um, you know, only terrorists would want cash. And so at some point, I don't know when, but at some point they'll say, we're just going to switch to 100% digital payments. And if you don't agree, well, we're going to assume you're a terrorist. And at that point, the trap door will be shut. You won't be able to buy or sell if you don't have this digital ID, if you're not participating in the system. So that's where they're going with it. Now, will they succeed or not? I don't know. I can't say. But this is their objective, and it's very, very clear. And, of course, it goes even deeper than that. But I think people need to understand that all of these things are interrelated. What's happening with the WHO, what's happening with the CBDCs, what's happening at the UN, all of this is working together. That's a beautiful description. <clears throat> Making it concrete, we'll all have a chip in us that uh, began with ideas like, um, you know, a health, uh, some sort of a, a health ID um, or some other thought like that. And that chip will be responding to our uh, uh, social uh, credit scores. It'll be containing information of all kinds on us. And that uh, literally uh, will be able to be scanned at a moment's notice. Instead of asking for your papers, they'll just simply have to do a scan of you. And uh, the information that will come down through from you will be just enormous, potentially unlimited. Um, it's it's quite a thing to imagine, but I don't think this is far-fetched at all. Um and this could happen to you when you're trying to get onto an airplane. It could happen to you in a random search. That literally your identity would be at the fingertips of anybody who had uh, access to this digital network 
that was uh, of which your chip or you were part. That sounds possible, realistic. It's happening now, Peter. Uh, in fact, uh, I don't know if you've been to an airport recently, but now numerous airlines, when you try to board your airplane, instead of showing your boarding pass, which you know most people now have it on their smartphones, they're now saying, no, just step in front of this machine. We're going to scan your face and your biometrics will authorize you to board the plane. And right now, they'll still let you opt out, right? Every time I step up to one of those things, I say, excuse me, I'm not comfortable with being scanned by your goofy machine. And so I would like to opt out of that. And they say, okay, well, you know, show us your boarding pass. Uh, so for right now, they're allowing you to opt out. And this issue with the microchips that you brought up, um, they are marketing this already. Actually, in, in just a few days, they'll be headed over to Sweden. There are thousands of lemmings in Sweden. Uh, by lemmings, I mean very yeah, gullible individuals that. who are already microchipped. Uh, during COVID, they got their vaccine passport on their microchip. Now they've got their money on their microchip, their keys on their microchip. It's in their hand. Uh, and they're promoting this now to American consumers as if it's just some great convenience. Oh, wow. And you're going to Sweden? I am. Yes. Uh, in in a few days, uh, God willing, I'll be back uh, in probably about a month and a half. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's uh, I, I mean, it, Sweden is further along this path than any other nation that I know of. But um, they're only a couple steps ahead of us. So where would you like to take this in the final segment, which we was a few minutes away still? And I also thought before the final segment, I'd like you to talk to people about more about who you are. And, um, you know, how they can get in touch with you so we don't just leave it to the end. Well, I appreciate that, Peter. Thank you. Um, so I, I'm a journalist. I, I write for a lot of different publications. My personal website is Liberty Sentinel. That's S-E-N-T-I-N-E-L dot org. So dot O-R-G. And uh, I write for the Epic Times. I write for the New American Magazine. Actually, I'm a senior editor there. Um, I host multiple shows that you've been kind enough to join me on, including uh, Liberty Hour on American Media Periscope. I have a, a daily show that I do on uh, Lindell TV that gets picked up by Brighteon and a number of other networks. That's called uh, The Sentinel Report. That's every day live from 4.30 to 5 and then rebroadcast later on a lot of different platforms. Um, and then I uh, serve as the volunteer executive director for Public School Exit. Um, we're working to rescue children from government schools. Uh, we're helping churches and parents and uh, organizations across the country to uh, to free the children from this indoctrination system. And as far as where to go, you know, I, I think it's important to point out, Peter, that the health component of this the World Health Organization is just one arm of the broader global governing system that is being basically imposed on humanity as we speak. Uh, all the trappings of a government, and we can talk about this in the final segment, but all of the trappings of a government that you would traditionally associate with a state a very big, bloated state, right? Uh, the United Nations already has all of those. You know, uh, we're, we're talking about military forces. They call them peacekeeping forces, but it's the same thing. Uh, whether we're talking about law enforcement, they've got the UN COPS program where they're bringing together all the chiefs of police. They've got their own UN police service with officers deployed around the world. Uh, their sister agency, Interpol, already describes itself as a global law enforcement agency. They've got an environmental bureaucracy. They've got um, a court system, right, with the International Court of Justice, the International Criminal Court, uh, special tribunals for, for different issues. Um, all of the trappings that we traditionally associate with a state uh, are already in operation at the global level through the United Nations. And um, all that's really left is to just make the formal announcement that, hey, y'all better submit. And um, they've been planning this for, for generations now, and they believe they're getting close to the finish line. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but yes, I have that feeling they're getting close to the finish line. 
They are. They they think they are. And so this is a, a unique moment in history, right? Uh, it is a very dangerous moment, but it's also a moment of great opportunity. And and people who've been tracking this for for decades have long said that as we get closer to the finish line, um, the, these totalitarian conspirators, the predators, as you call them, uh, I think brilliantly, uh, they're going to have to show their true colors. They're going to do the equivalent of running naked through the street and everybody's going to see them. Right. Uh, you know, a decade ago, if you said these people were plotting world government, oh, they would never do that. Quit being such a conspiracy theorist. Now you say they're plotting world government. It's like, yeah, what, what, what problem do you have with world government? Like, don't you want world peace? And, you know, what about COVID? Uh, so so the, the narrative is rapidly shifting. We can see what's happening uh, right in front of our faces. And so this is the best opportunity we might ever have as individuals, as as free people to stop this monster before they succeed in their plans. That's just tremendously um, well said. And although we're uh, talking about um, the World Health Organization and certain and and uh, the digital money and all there, the operations are going on on many, many different levels. Uh, right now where we have a president of the United States whose every policy can be understood clearly. If you assume he's trying to level the United States Onto a common denominator, common denominator for globalism, to bring us all on a like level. Um, every single one of his policies, from uh, robbing us of our energy supremacy uh, that uh, we achieved, was achieved rather rapidly under Trump, to um, uh, giving up our sovereignty to the World Health Organization, to flooding our nation uh, with people who are not going to be able to contribute substantially, but are going to drain our resources and uh, probably think nothing of, uh, of voting for uh, greater globalism. Um, so that we're, we're in a situation where if wherever you look and things are troubling, ask yourself, is this reducing our sovereignty, our strength, our individual freedom? And that is, is it empowering the takeover of the world, literally, by a global elite? And maybe in the next segment, um, we could look at who's going to win ultimately if we lose. Is it going to be China, the Chinese communists, the, what I call a Western global empire? Is it going to be the, I mean, the Eastern global, or is it going to be the Western? So uh, we're getting down to the end of the second segment of America Out Loud Pulse uh, with Alex Newman, who is just about the best voice I know on these issues of globalism. It's been really a tremendous uh, two segments and uh, I think we're going to have a lot of interesting new stuff coming up in the final segment. Alex, we'll take a quick break. It was Henry Wadsworth Longfellow that said, Lives of great men all remind us we can make our lives sublime and departing leave behind us footprints on the sands of time. 
America Out Loud Talk Radio. The liberty and justice for all. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-term effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. Fortunately, Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the wellness company designed their spike support formula with the miracle enzyme natokinase, scientifically studied to dissolve spike protein so you can feel your very best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Here on America Out Loud, we emphasize optimal health, and air is the most essential element for life. The average person inhales over 35 pounds of air every day, yet we seldom think about how to rid the air of pathogens swiftly and safely when we need to. The Genesis Fogger Plus HOCL is the only way to quickly and naturally restore air to its optimal condition. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud for a free ebook on everything you need to know about HOCL and receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you'll be ready for what's next. In 2008, people could spend an average of 12 seconds on a task without becoming distracted. Five years later, it was only eight seconds. The digital age is narrowing our attention span. Trouble concentrating or recalling information is frustrating, embarrassing, and kills productivity. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created Focus and Recall to boost your brain power. And unlike other supplements that don't work, Focus and Recall is not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients to help you immediately sharpen focus, concentrate longer, and strengthen recall. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top, shoot it down. Thousands of five-star reviews proves it works. Supercharge your brain and see the difference. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. Welcome back to Peter Bregan. Uh, on behalf of myself and Ginger Bregan, who is not doing the show with us today, and our guest Alex Newman on America Out Loud Pulse. Um, Alex, uh, where would you like to take off on, on this subject of globalism? Well, before we went to break, you, you said something important, Peter, and I think that might be a good place to start. You mentioned um, you know, who's going to win? Will it be the, the communist Chinese, the Russians or the, the Western Empire? And I think one thing that's important for people to understand is that the, the links between these powers are very clear and well documented. And, um, you know, in, in speaking of, for example, let's, let's take Russia and China each on its own, and then we can take up some of the smaller powers like South Africa and Brazil and things like this. And these are all issues that I've studied very extensively. In fact, I've lived in many of these countries and traveled to the rest. Um but let's start with the Bolshevik Revolution. So the Bolshevik Revolution, we were told, and our children are still told in school today to the extent that they learn anything about it, was an alleged uprising by the poor, the peasants, who were just uh, sick of being oppressed by the bourgeoisie. And so they had this revolution, and eh, it didn't turn out quite as nicely as we would have liked. Yeah, 50 million people were brutally slaughtered, but, you know, the idea was, was good. Uh, the reality is... Nothing could be further from the truth. Um, I think one of the most important books on this subject was written by a wonderful historian from Stanford University named Anthony Sutton. Uh, and, and he yes. wrote books uh, outlining the history of all kinds of different things that are critical. But let's start with the Bolshevik Revolution. The book was called 
Wall Street and the Bolshevik Revolution. And what he showed was that this supposed uprising by the workers was nothing of the sort. In fact, it was a revolution from the top down. It was funded by some of the largest banking houses on Wall Street, and it was uh, totally artificial. The narrative was completely fraudulent. Uh, Lenin and Trotsky were given millions of dollars by some of the most powerful capitalists in the Western world, the mega bankers on Wall Street, and they were given instructions to overthrow the government and impose this diabolical system on the oppressed people of Russia. So that was monstrous. Uh, Later, Anthony Sutton wrote a wonderful book called Wall Street and the Rise of Hitler, where he showed that these same mega bankers on Wall Street financed and facilitated the rise of Adolf Hitler. Uh, The Rockefellers, for example, loom large over this process. Absolutely monstrous dynasty. Um, And so the whole narrative about communism has really been phony from the beginning. Um, And you can even go back to Karl Marx and and look at his background, right? We're told that he articulated this vision. Of course, he did not act alone. He was uh, backed by him and Engels were backed by and they admitted so many times by a secretive organization called the League of the Just, composed primarily of industrialists and very, very wealthy individuals and dynasties. So we've been lied to about communism the whole time. Let's move over now briefly to China. Uh, China is a very interesting situation. I would highly encourage people, if you're interested in this subject, and you should be, to read a book called Again, May God Forgive Us. Um, It's about what happened in China. And so uh, the U.S. government was closely allied with Chiang Kai-shek for the duration of World War II. Chiang Kai-shek was uh, a professing Christian. He was a man who loved the United States. He was a man who loved his own people and his own country, China. He certainly wasn't perfect. No no human being is. uh, But he was a liberty-minded leader who was doing what he could to defend his nation, first from the imperialist fascist Japanese, uh, and then later from the communists. Well, subversive elements within our own government determined that they would rather see China controlled by the communists. And so they stabbed Chiang Kai-shek in the back repeatedly, over and over and over again. They put an arms embargo on his government so that we couldn't even send weapons to Chiang Kai-shek, even though his men had fought and died in massive numbers right alongside Americans to defeat the Japanese. We stabbed him in the back. Uh, We allowed and really helped the communists to take over communist China. And then from there, we built them up. And And I shouldn't say we, because obviously you and me had nothing to do with this, Peter, but subversive elements within our government, subversive elements within the highest echelons of so called business in the Western world built up communist China to the point that it became a massive superpower to the point where it's on the verge of overtaking the United States economically and militarily. This process was aided at every step of the way by these same subversive elements. And so and and the paper trail for this is massive and it's very easy to find. So uh, in the early 1970s, David Rockefeller, kind of the, the kingpin of this globalist movement, if you will, he was the chairman of the Council on Foreign Relations. I call that deep state headquarters in the United States. He went over to China. This was before Americans were allowed to go over to communist China. Um, And he actually came back and he wrote in the New York Times. This was published in 1973. People can go read it themselves. It's still in their archives. A piece called From a China Traveler. And he just sings the praises of Chairman Mao and this mass murdering revolution. He says the social, and this is a direct quote, the social experiment in China under the leadership of Chairman Mao is one of the most important and successful in all of human history. Now, what kind of psychopath, what kind of barbarian, what kind of savage thinks that the extermination of 50 million people, 50 million people have been slaughtered up till that point, is a success, much less one of the most successful social experiments in human history. This was the destruction of a civilization that had existed for thousands of years. 
um, barbarism, savagery on a scale unimaginable. How could anybody think that that's a success? Well, David Rockefeller has some explaining to do. And uh, he went on to go meet his maker a few years ago. I can't imagine that went very well, but uh, he was not alone, right? Uh, you had Henry Kissinger, who facilitated this process of bringing communist yeah. China into the world order. About a decade ago, you had George Soros publicly saying in an interview with the Financial Times that communist China should own the new world order in the same way that the United States owned the previous, the old world order. To this day, you have people like Klaus Schwab, the head of the World Economic Forum, who, of course, was recruited by Henry Kissinger, who was recruited by David Rockefeller, who I say half jokingly was recruited by Satan. Um, you have Klaus Schwab going around telling the press that communist China should be considered a role model for many countries. Um, frankly, I don't think a mass murdering dictatorship that's exterminated more people than any other government in all of human history should be considered a role model for anything much less other countries. And yet this is what they're telling us. Bill Gates is very, very close to the CCP. Um, so there's this pattern that's been going on for a very long time. We saw the same thing happen in South Africa. We saw the same thing happen in Brazil. We see it right now with the Marxist president there, Luiz Inácio Lula da Silva, who stole the election. And so what they've done here is they have aligned the governments of the world behind this totalitarian agenda for a one world government. And uh, they call it a multipolar world order. So they need to decimate the United States. And that's coming. We're watching the controlled demolition of our nation right now. And the reason why is very simple. Yes, they, they harnessed the economic and the military power of the United States to kind of get the pieces lined up properly on the board. But now that they're done with us, they are getting ready to destroy us. That's their plan, at least. Uh, and the reason why is very simple. The principles that our nation was founded upon, the principles that enabled our country to become the most prosperous and the most free nation that ever existed in human history are totally incompatible. They are completely at odds with the principles that underpin this global system that they want to create. The principles that were enshrined in our Declaration of Independence. Our founding fathers said these were self-evident truths, that God created us, that he created us equally, that he endowed us with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. You can't have those ideas in the kind of global system that they're building. So they need to, as, as Rich Higgins, the director of policy and planning at the National Security Council under Donald Trump, put it in their infamous Higgins memo. They want to destroy our nation, not just as a nation, but even as an ideal. And so we are now in that phase where they've lined up the pieces where they want them. Now we're going to watch the controlled demolition of the United States. We're going to watch communist China and Russia and some of these other powers come to the fore. The European Union is another one. And they're going to create what they're describing as a multipolar world order where, you know, the United States may still exist in some significantly reduced form, uh, massively handicapped, uh, debilitated economically, militarily, et cetera, where the ideals are totally discredited. But um, but that's where they're that's what they're working for. And so, you know, we need to understand that the so-called Western elites, people like the Rockefellers, people like Bill Gates, people like George Soros, people like the ones running the Council on Foreign Relations and the Bilderbergers, they have no loyalty to their nations. They have no loyalty to us as Americans. They have loyalty to themselves, to their greed, to their ambitions for control. And um, they, they cooperate fully and very extensively with the butchers in Beijing, with Putin and his regime and all the rest of them. Well, I'm with you 100 percent, Alex. And um, as we were finishing COVID-19 and uh, the global predators, Ginger and I were just really finally accepting this very analysis that you're 
so clearly displaying now. And um, our next book, um, we're looking more and more deeply and trying to explain to people how as hard it is, is for you to imagine that what Alex Newman is saying is true. It's been consciously planned and evolved on a very wide scale in a way for centuries and uh, but a very central uh, um, role being played by John D. Rockefeller. I mean, he built two, three, four different organizations that uh, um, have just educated our government officials and um, continue to spread uh, a self-hate of America and an alliance with authority and control of any kind, because that's where they get their money and power. It's quite astonishing to think about. Yes, it is. And, uh, you know, frankly, all of this is unacceptable. It needs to be exposed. It needs to be stopped. The perpetrators need to be held accountable. And, you know, in many cases, we have smoking gun evidence, right? We've talked quite a bit about David Rockefeller today. He, of course, was a kingpin here. And Anybody can go down to the local library and get a copy of his memoirs, his book, yeah. his own autobiography. He says right on page 405, and this is almost verbatim, this quote. <laughs> I, I've got it almost memorized. He says, some even believe that we are part of a secret cabal, is the term mm -hmm. he uses, conspiring against the best interests of my country with internationalists to create a one world economic and political structure, a one world order, if you will. He says, if that's the charge, I stand guilty and I'm proud of it. Conspiring against your own country with a secret cabal to create a one world order, that is a confession, as far as I'm concerned, a confession of treason. And uh, we cannot allow that kind of stuff to go unpunished. These people need to be held accountable. It's one thing to believe idiotic things. It's one thing to say idiotic things. It's an entirely different thing to betray your own country, to subvert the national security of your country, to try to overthrow the governing system of your country, and to do so using subversive means, illegal means, criminality. Um, it's absolutely unacceptable, and these people all need to be held accountable. Yeah, well put, well said. Um, you mentioned two sources that I didn't know about today. One is um, the Higgins memo. Is that something I we can just Google and and see this uh, statement from within the administration of Donald Trump that how how at risk the nation was? Yes, uh, Google is is uh, so bad in terms of breaking their algorithms. I don't know that you'll find it. Actually, let me check real quick. But yeah, this is this is very easy to find. It got leaked publicly. Um, let's see, Higgins memo. Yes, so I, I just Googled it, even though I never use Google. And I typed in Higgins memo, H-I-G-G-I-N-S memo. And the very first uh, piece that comes up from foreignpolicy.com, here's the memo that blew up the National Security Council, and you can read it right there. And good. And then the author of Again, My God, Forgive Us about China. Uh, that was Robert Welch. I've not, not seen that either. You're such a fountain of information. And um, in a few minutes, um, what stage of your life did you begin to see these pieces falling into place? Well, it was really... In college, I, I was a very bad student. I got kicked out of school. I really didn't care much for school, but I decided to go back to college. And that's when I started investigating the monetary system. I started investigating this push toward a one world governing system. And uh, the more I dug, the more 
this all became very clear to me that what we were dealing with here was not just bad ideas. And and see, the thing for me, Peter, is I, I was groomed to be kind of like a, a manager in this global system. Uh, I went to very elite international private schools. I went to school with the children of billionaires and diplomats and prime ministers and wow. CEOs of Fortune 500 companies. Um, and so I was seeing it from the inside. It wasn't until college where I started looking at what was really going on here and realizing that I had been brainwashed to believe these things were good. Uh, but in reality, what we were dealing with here was evil. And that process began in college when I was about 20 or 21. It's interesting because, you know, we had so much background, Ginger and I, and, uh, in our 40 years together, and then my my uh, 20 or more years before her. And um uh, on the drug companies and their malfeasance. But it was only with COVID-19, uh, probably lagging a little behind Ginger, that I began to realize that everything I'd learned about corruption in psychiatry and the medical profession and the unholy alliances with the FDA and with the pharmaceutical industry <laughs> was just a model of the world. And that's what struck me as soon as I started researching COVID nineteen. I be, uh, you know, I knew what to think about the drug companies and the CDC and the FDA, and I knew what to think about organized medicine, especially organized psychiatry. But I came late to seeing that uh, this entire system that I had found so corrupt and been testifying in court against and running books and scientific articles about was actually just introducing me to the model of globalism for the world. It's quite yep. a, quite and a, I, I think that's very typical. I think it's very typical, Peter, of people who specialize in something. Um, you know, a, a lot of PhDs, for example, you know, they're absolute masters of their little field, whether that be psychiatry or yeah. you know, particle physics or nuclear engineering, yeah. but, but they're not seeing the whole constellation of other things. And so I, I think God almost kind of led me into journalism and prepared me. What was so interesting about journalism is that I was able to learn a little bit about a lot of things rather than a lot about small number of things. And as I started connecting all these dots, I think it became apparent to me more readily than it would to somebody who was just focused on one narrow field. Because I saw the same kind of corruption that you witnessed in psychiatry. I saw it across every single field and it all was pointing in the same direction. Uh, so I think that's what kind of facilitated uh, my realization about what was going on. Yeah. Yeah, that's wonderful. Well, God wanted me to be a psychiatrist for some reason or another. And <clears throat> I think it's, I know why <laughs> you've done so much good, Peter, in exposing some of these abuses. Yeah. I mean, the number of lives that you have impacted, the number of people who who have been uh, unbelievably blessed by your work, most of whom probably have no idea, is incalculable. I mean, the, the number of people who didn't get lobotomies and who didn't get electrocuted because of your work, uh, you know, th there's no way to calculate that. But yeah. it's got to be in the millions, if not more. Well, thank you. And thank you so much. It's such a educational experience and just a pleasure to have Alex Newman to have you on the show. One quick last word, the easiest way for people to get in touch with you. Uh, so uh, libertysentinel.org is my personal website. People can sign up for my newsletter there. It's through Substack. Just go to Liberty Sentinel. That's S-E-N-T-I-N-E-L dot O-R-G. And uh, from there, you can track down all the rest of the stuff that I'm doing. And thank you again for having me, Peter. It's such an honor. I'm so glad you're doing better. And uh, God bless you, sir. 
Yeah, thank you very, very much, Alex. And we'll be keeping on talking, I hope, for many, many years to come. And God bless you.